our most recent team interaction around some of our objectives and key results was just really, really good. And just felt like, gosh, we've really, as a team, have bonded better. Amazingly so in a time when we're not together. Well, this is the Ag Bioscience Podcast with Agrinovis, Indiana. Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business and your host for this podcast. This week, we're excited to welcome Wade Lang. Wade is the Chief Entrepreneurial Officer of the Purdue Research Foundation. Wade, great to see you virtually, of course, still, so look forward to seeing you in person, but great to see you, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me here. This is terrific. Well, I've known you for a number of years, Wade, but to kick off the conversation this week, talk a little bit about your background. You've had a number of experiences. You've worked with biotech startups. Obviously, you're now at the foundation, had a number of very interesting and key roles over the years. I start off, I'm educated as a pharmacist. That's with a PH. Uh, my <laughs> my uh, colleagues in the ag field are trying to convert that PH to an F and make me the pharmacist person. But I start off, I, I'm a, a bit of a scientist by background, but was always intrigued by the intersection of business and science. So my first job out of uh, college, I was a sales rep for uh, Lilly, the drug company. And then after business school, moved into marketing. And then fairly early on in my career, decided that I'd rather work in a smaller environment than the, the, the mega company. So I've worked for increasingly smaller organizations, everything from doing contract research for pharmaceutical companies to developing a couple of biotech products, ran our state bio association for several years. This is not planned. I, I wouldn't have told you 20 years ago, I'm going to be the chief entrepreneurial officer right. at Purdue. So it's almost in the, in the academic parlance, it's almost like a capstone event. I feel like I'm able to take what I've learned in many places, small companies, big companies, service providers, drug development companies, and come to Purdue and, and help make this a, a better place than it already is for starting companies. Purdue indeed is making Indiana a better place in, in so many ways. And the Purdue Research Foundation is right at the center of that. I mean, we could spend an entire hour, I think, of you with you talking about the foundation and in the, the the many great things it's doing. But give us a kind of a thumbnail description because the the, the foundation, from an economic development and in in research standpoint, has done so much. Talk about the foundation and what it's all about. So the mission of the Purdue Research Foundation is to improve the world through Purdue graduates and technologies. So our job is to figure out how we take those things into the commercial sector. So within the, the Purdue Research Foundation, you have our Office of Technology Commercialization, which is the unit that's responsible for protecting Purdue intellectual property and licensing it. We have our economic development team, which is a uh, charged with attracting companies to West Lafayette. Alliance Management Group is, is situated to build relationships between existing companies in the region and Purdue to make it a better experience for them. And then the foundry, our job, we're the startup engine for Purdue. So we work with faculty who have discoveries and want to take those ideas to market. And I think what people are very familiar with, increasingly so, is the Purdue Research Park in West Lafayette, and which has grown. It's been interesting to me because it's almost paralleled in some respects. The park has been around for decades, but really over the past 20 years, which is kind of mirrors the growth of our company, Grow Indiana Media Ventures, it has just blossomed. It's exploded there in West Lafayette. Talk about the park and what exists there. There are really a couple of parks at Purdue. So there is the yeah. Purdue Research Park, which is 
a couple miles from campus, home of a, a number of companies which have either grown out of Purdue University, were startup companies years ago, or in many cases also companies that have been attracted to West Lafayette because of their proximity to the university and proximity to customers. And two, I would point out that are really relevant for our conversation here. Uh, one is uh, Inari, which is uh, mm-hmm. using um, new scientific methods to improve uh, crop traits and Insulinfotech, a precision agriculture company. Inari was created in, in Boston, Massachusetts, Cambridge uh, specifically area. They came to West Lafayette because this is where their customers are. They now own, they now have more employees in West Lafayette than you do in Cambridge. So it just talks about, really addresses the vitality of, of this region and in this area specifically. Now, the other park is a, is Purdue's Discovery Park. My office, when I'm in the office, is called the Convergence Center. And that really, the name tells you the whole story. The idea is to is a place where research and business all converge. So our the mission of that building is to be the place, again, where companies can come in, establish a beachhead, and build relationships with Purdue researchers in their field. And, and to go back briefly to touch on Solemptech, one of the companies you mentioned, they actually moved here from Brazil, right? Right, they did. Another they're, great. Their headquarters here. So another great is, uh, example, yeah, mm-hmm. of of yeah. Uh, of what's happening there. The Purdue Foundry is under the umbrella of the foundation. From funding to mentorship, <clears throat> they work closely with startups, entrepreneurs. Talk a, a little bit about uh, the Purdue Foundry and how it functions as a part of the f- uh, foundation. Foundry is a, a team of of nine people, so we're a small group. As I said earlier, we're the startup engine for Purdue. So what we do is we work closely with. Uh, our Office of Technology Commercialization as they have are working with inventors who have, have discoveries that are being patented and couple that with a faculty member who's who wants to create impact in the world through taking her discoveries into the commercial marketplace. So those two conditions are met and we're working with, with these entrepreneurs and we're providing training and coaching to them. We offer entrepreneurs and residents who can support the the, uh, the companies with real, real life expertise, some practical training. Then the other two areas we focus access to talent and access to capital, two of the critical needs of startup companies. Can you talk success stories coming out of the foundry? In the ag sector, the couple that would I'd point to, and these are still, you know, we deal with companies really at the early stage. So a company called Spensa came out mm-hmm. of Purdue, a Purdue faculty member in engineering who developed technology to uh, measure plant health. Eventually that company was sold off to a larger company, but that would be a great example of, of this intersection of agriculture and engineering. Increasingly, the world is about these intersections engineering and science or, or ag and biology. So that's one great example in the ag field. Another one, again, that's emerging is a company called Nutramaze. Your yep. listeners might have heard of Nutramaze. This is a company based on uh, the work of Professor Torbert uh, Rochefort at College of Agriculture. They've identified a way to make corn that's higher in a specific set of nutrients called carotenoids that can address a number of health issues, particular macular degeneration or loss of eyesight in older individuals. And I can tell you, it, it has health benefits it also makes outstanding corn muffins. That's good. And it's it's the orange corn, right? It's the This is the orange corn, exactly. Torbert's son, Evan, has done a great job with this company. He's been featured in a GoDaddy campaign yeah. lately. So they've been able to leverage some excitement around this technology into excitement around the company. It's fascinating to me that leveraging the great talent and intellectual property at a, at a university like Purdue and creating things, creating jobs and wealth, investment, all those kinds of things makes complete sense. But it's really a, a relatively new phenomenon in Indiana. It's happened on the coast for 
for many, many years. But I think universities here were for a long time reluctant. Purdue, I think, has taken a leadership role over the last number of years in, in doing this. It's been very intentional. And I think you can point to a specific point in time, and it is January of 2013 when Mitch Daniels became president of the University of Purdue. He very specifically said that we're going to make Purdue startup you or entrepreneur you. And the speed of that change is almost breathtaking. In the period of time, probably 10 years before Mitch came on board, we were averaging eight or nine startups coming out of Purdue. Within a year, we're, we did 25 and we've averaged 22 and a half companies per year starting out. So it is, I think it's a, it's a recognition that from a university standpoint that hey, we're the land grant institution for Purdue. Part of our job, our really our job is to, is to make Indiana and the world a better place. And this is one of the ways we do that. An important part of that, Gary, is, is how we define the impact of what we do throughout the university. And commercialization, that term isn't always well accepted by members of the academy. So we talk a lot about impact. And ultimately, it's the discoveries that are made that uh, are that enter the marketplace that, that can change the world. And that's what we're trying to do. Purdue, obviously no stranger to ag bioscience startup activity. Give us your perspective, your take on the size and the impact of the sector here in Indiana and how you see this sector, opportunities for startup growth in the coming years. <clears throat> I know it's large. I think it's $29 billion is wow. the, yeah. the size of the in- industry. You may have your fact checkers check that, but it, it is large. Certainly at landmass, if you drive around Indiana, it's clear it's yep. there. In fact, Johnny Park, who started Spence at tells a story. He's an engineer. He had his software. And a friend of his who was in the Department of Agriculture said, you know what, you can take your technology and you could use it in plants. And there's something, a, a bang up opportunity there. And voila, there comes Spencer. The Inari story tells the same thing, that you've got a company now that was attracted here because of access to customers. So in it, you know, looking down the road, the future, the, the the prognosticators will say that the future of agriculture, it's, it's vertical, it's cellular, and it's precision. And what, I, what they mean by that is vertical, create opportunities to grow plants, particular uh, indoors and vertical structures. The technology that's going to drive that is light, how you provide the right kind of light at the right kind of price. So it's an engineering problem in many ways. And mm-hmm. so there are scientists at Purdue that are working on how we, how we get the right kind of light and make it efficient. The cellular part is we've probably all have had some impossible meat and um, there are a lot of developments going on to how we can develop proteins that are, are cell-made or plant-made. Again, that's an intersection of science and agriculture. And last area of precision agriculture is how you get the right nutrients at the right time to the right plant. I come from the healthcare world. It's the same thing there, how you get the right medicine to the right patient at the right time. Right time. Yeah. The way that you look at the future and that potential growth in the ag bioscience space for startups in particular, for entrepreneurs in Indiana, what are the challenges out there? What do these uh, entrepreneurs need more of to be successful? Gary, I'd really point to two things. One is access to capital. There's still not enough early stage capital in the Midwest. Generally, this is not an Indiana problem. It's a, a Midwest problem. There, it's, it's, a, it's a lot different. When I f- did my first startup um, and raised money, there, it's, it's different now than it was, uh, in particular in sectors like agriculture, but there's still ways to be improved. The other thing I would say is that it's openness of our 
customers to new technologies. And while I don't have the data to support this, I suspect this is true. There's a recent report that came out from one of the national think tanks that looked at our manufacturing sector in Indiana and said, we're lagging behind in Indiana in the acceptance, adoption of new technologies. And the impact of that then is our profitability is lower than other parts of the country. My supposition is that it's not different in agriculture. The more we can get our customers, our farmers, our manufacturers to accept new technologies to adopt and bring them into their processes, we're going to be a whole lot better off. Because it's really, for an entrepreneur, it's your first customer is really what you need. You got to get that people, the people to give you a shot to use your product. And it really drives them there. Well, last year, the Purdue Foundry participated in a really exciting event, I think. The first ever producer-led innovation challenge with Agrinovis, uh, Indiana Corn Marketing Council, Indiana Soybean Alliance that participated as well. I think it was a big success. As you look back on that, that producer-led innovation challenge, your thoughts on that what it may spur going forward. First off, this was a great opportunity for the industry development organization, Agrinovus, to bring together two producer-oriented associations, the Corn Marketing Council and the Soybean Alliance, to get people working together. I mean, I think that's a history of a lot of things that we've been successful at in Indiana is getting groups like those to work together and to raise an opportunity to public awareness. So first off, they created visibility that there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to understand more fundamentally how you leverage data to improve operations of a company. It goes back to my earlier point here about companies, customers accepting new and adopting new technology. So first thing is they said, there's a problem. There's a technology solution here. And they rewarded a company for coming up with a creative solution. They said, you know, this is a good thing. We're going to support somebody who is taking that kind of risk, the entrepreneur, and bring new ideas to the marketplace. As you look to the future, again, so many things going on at, at, at Purdue in particular and other spots around the state of Indiana. I assume you're pretty bullish on the future for the ag bioscience space in Indiana. Do you see, because it's such a such a big sector, that Indiana can really grab uh, a, a nice chunk of that uh, that market? Definitely, I do. And I would point to a couple things. One is, this is what we do in the region. The areas, if you look at parts of the country that have been successful in entrepreneurial culture, they ha- are ones that have focused on, on industries that can be built there because customers are there because of, of intrinsic capabilities of the region. You know, this is what we do in Indiana. We, we, we're obviously a large manufacturing state, but we're also a large, large agricultural state. So this, this directly... The, the customers are here. It's really what it gets down to. The second thing is we've got an outstanding research university in agriculture at Purdue. We've got a lot of great scientists coming up with significant new ideas. When, and when I think about upside is I think there's a lot more that we can do. We can take those ideas. We found, I mentioned earlier, that access to talent is one of our core focus areas. We need more entrepreneurs in the ag sector or people who aren't in the ag sector, but see an opportunity to come to Purdue and say, hey, I'm looking for the right opportunity. What's the science you have? And let's, let's arrange a marriage. Let's make it happen, man. Very exciting indeed. Wade Lang is the Chief Entrepreneurial Officer of the Purdue Research Foundation. Wade, thanks for all the uh, the great work that you and others at Purdue do uh, on a daily basis. It's making a big impact. Really enjoyed the conversation. I look forward to seeing you soon. Gary, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Boiler up. All right, there you go. And thank you for tuning in to Season 4 of the Ag Bioscience Podcast. For more episodes on the latest in innovation, entrepreneurship, and talent in Indiana's Ag Bioscience space, all you have to do is visit the news page at agronovisin.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Gary Dick. We'll see you next time. 
This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick and produced by Kayla Chittister and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.